This episode of the Good Ship Brothership is brought to you by George Foreman's own free-range heroin. Experience your high and stay healthy at the same time with George Foreman's non-GMO free-range organic heroin, proven to be an excellent way to lose weight. Get your weight loss game going by visiting georgeforemanfreerangeheroin.net to see how you could save 5% on your first gram. The Good Sheep Brothership did not support narcotic use in any way. And now on with the show. Get copyrighted for that. We will never get copyrighted for that. <laughs> we could. We, we more or less created that machine. Do your lips get really chapped in the winter? Never. You know I've what been I fighting found, that a lot. You know what I found helps massively? What? Having a huge mustache that covers up half your mouth. But not the other half. Like, the bottom lip is the one that's chapped the most. I don't know, but it provides, it provides like a, some sort of a moisture shield. I don't know how to explain it. That- All I know is that when I have a big beard like this... The cold air truly doesn't chap my lips at all. I feel like I drink enough water, my lips still just get chapped no matter what. I feel like I'm probably outside more than you, too. Yeah, well, that's what I was asking. Yeah. No, I really don't have an issue with that. Okay. Not many of the guys do at work, actually. Okay. Well, I don't know. Well, uh, this is it. We're here. We made it. This is going to be our Album of the Year 2019 discussion. For all of you who were concerned, we were going to be talking about lip chap uh, solutions. That's next episode. And stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is kind of actually cool for me i don't know about you um well we were talking about this before i know for you as well because our first album that we ever recorded was three years ago now and it was our episode first episode i've been getting that wrong ever since the first episode we recorded was our albums of the year 2016 discussion in grant's little studio in our parents basement and we've been recording the show there ever since until this episode this is the first episode we are recording in grant's shiny new digs in beautiful stratford ontario and i don't know it's kind of it's cool to me that we're coming full circle and the first episode that we're recording in this new area is on albums of the year you know it's yeah i think of it i know that we don't do it in any formal way um but i always think of this as like a kind of a celebratory episode because totally is i mean we'll we'll give shout outs to a few stinkers and we'll talk about albums we didn't like a little bit But it's overwhelmingly positive. It's us talking about our favorite things of the year. And it's always a lot of fun for me to look through and try and sort out what I liked about this album more than that one, say. And yeah, I don't know. It's In some ways, it's the beginning of a new season as much as it's the end of another one. But I think it's a fitting kickoff to a new location for us. Although, yeah, none of that affects you guys whatsoever. But for me, it's kind of nice. Well, I don't know. It it may sound a little echoier. More echoey. It's a larger space we're recording in. A little bit more reverberant. Maybe we'll get a little bit of something to soak it up eventually if it sounds that bad. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> we might get we might get new microphones. Maybe. That's the only thing. If you back our Kickstarter. Yeah. If, if man, I, you know, it would be cool if you, if you had the, if you had enough fans to be like, listen, we want to make the show sound better. Buy us a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I saw something, I saw something, uh. <clears throat> on Podience, which is the that's the hosting service we use for our podcast is Podient. I saw something on there where there's a, a tip feature you can turn on so that when people are on your website they can tip you. And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool, but I no, not now. No. Maybe maybe one day, but no. Maybe. Not if if we got any sort of an actual following. I would sell the heck out. No. Yeah. I, well, I, no. I totally would. Yeah. 
We'd start doing real sponsorships. I I was thinking about that on the way over here. This is all very hypothetical. If we started to get paid sponsorship op- offers, what would happen to... Not saying that the sponsorships we do now aren't paid and aren't yeah, but... real, but what would happen to the pre-existing deals we have for the more out there sponsorships that we've been what doing we for do? the whole history of the show? Um, I feel like we would just have to take... Um, I think we'd have to take those sponsorships, the legit ones that we would get, and we would have to do our own write-up for them. Because generally, you just get given a script. We'd have to... It would have to be a pre-existing agreement By with the, the sponsor and us that, listen, our sponsorships are not going to be boring. They're not going to be irritating and repetitive. Get a Squarespace trial or we'll exhume your grandma and throw her off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even without the spare squirts. Yeah. Anyways. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Squirt. What is, what is going on with me today? You so, know what? It's been kind of a long day. And I ditched a work meeting so I could be here on time. Oh. So, <laughs> let's... Should we just roll in right into it? Because I feel like this isn't a normal episode. It's I don't not care normal, what you've been doing. It's not a normal episode. And we're about to really find out what each other have been doing. Because I haven't really been... Like, what I've been listening to is 2019 this. albums in preparation. I will say... I wish I had had a little bit more time, like some more, a couple more afternoons where I could just sit and draw. I like to draw while I listen to music if I'm like really concentrating. I wish I had had a couple more afternoons where I could do that and like really, there were a lot, there was a lot of music that came out in 2019 and I feel personally like I've only scratched the surface and to preface it, to preface our lists and everything, our favorite music of of this last year and we do hope 2019 has been kind to anybody who might be listening i hope that it was a good year for you it was a it was was a a, tremendous year for both of us it was a wild wild year for both of us i'm prepared to say that 2019 was the best year of my life after the age of eight because i think probably before the age of eight is just always yeah it was it was up there for me i'm saying it was the best year of my life post early childhood 2018 wasn't too bad for me too 2018 was a pretty great year. Yeah, it was okay. I don't know. I was just sending yeah. it, man. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Um, but, you know, yeah, I got married. I moved, bought a house, and uh, we went on a fantastic road trip together, which is awesome. Yeah. And now we're going to talk to you about the music that we heard along the way. So, yeah, as my disclaimer, I'd just like to say my list has never been. This is what, the third? Fourth. Fourth. This is the fourth, fourth. albums of the yeah. year we've been doing. Th- three years, four, four of these. Right. Yeah. So... My list have, has never been more subjective, and I said that to you as we went shopping at Sobeys, because mm-hmm. I'm a sociopath that likes to shop late at night, and uh, and you agreed. Like Both of our lists this time around are really subject to change, and mine's... When... Okay, okay. Yeah. When you hear what my list of top five albums of the year is, I really th- think you might soil your garter. Good thing that this is like a nice leatherette chair because yes. that would clean up nicely. Also, what up with this fresh card mm-hmm. table? Eh? Yeah, we ha- so we're still recording on a card table with two folding chairs, just like <laughs> we always have as the consummate professionals we are. But now that we're at Grant's Digs, we have a new card table, like actually new from the store for real, and yes. two new folding chairs. Also, whereas from the, store. the card table we had, quite interestingly enough, was actually a uh, marriage gift for our parents. I think was it really? I think or soon thereafter. They it's more than twenty. 25 years old. That's a 30-year-old card table we I think it was a wedding gift. No if, wonder it squeaked so much. If it so wasn't much. a wedding gift, they got it in the early years of their marriage. So well over 20 years old. God, hello. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, 
<laughs> we always say we don't I don't think I've ever titled one of these the best albums of the year. It's always our favorite albums of the year. We solicit uh, recommendations from you guys, and we try and listen to those as much as possible. I listened to a few this year. But at the end of the day, there are always good albums we missed. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say every year that I could think of that we've done this, there is an episode, or sorry, there's an album that we severely underrated at the time, and and then later yeah. on, like John Mark McMillan with Mercury and Lightning, where months later we're like, that's a, yeah, it was a huge mistake. We were, we were actually saying that we should revisit our previous um, albums of the year discussions and rejig our top fives to what they would be now. That like would be in fun retrospect. to do. If you want us to do that, if you want us, because it's probably going to take a good episode. Like it's going to be a good half hour of us. Oh, it would. Yeah, probably multiple it. episodes. No, we're not going to do multiple episodes on them. But if we just, like, rattle through okay, them kind of thing and enough. discuss them a little bit. If you want us to do that, send us a message. Um, I feel like that's kind of kind of something that most people don't care about. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you think that would be fun or if you have another idea, maybe we could do a series of short videos where we sit down and look through them. True. Some, I don't know. I thought about doing a video on our Spotify wraps, too, especially mine because you don't use Spotify much could be interesting i do use it quite a bit actually um, you do now yeah but i haven't anyway but yeah. um okay. also this, i hope you're not expecting this to be half an hour long because this is going to be like probably an hour and a half like they always are Who, are you telling the listener that you oh me dude this is the bonanza man. okay like we're gonna make this as long as we need to if you're listening to this buckle in we're gonna be here for a while it's gonna be fun maybe pause this episode go make yourself a sandwich go pee if you need to or get a coffee oh, bring dude, us okay. actually never mind bring us with you I thought you were going to say, bring us a coffee. I've got one here. You didn't want one earlier, remember? No, Because you said you had one, so you requested that I make you tea. Caffeine's been... I've been wondering if it's been degrading my quality of sleep. So I've, I've been trying not to have caffeine after like 6 or 7 p.m. The drink... Um, the... And I've had really weird dreams since I stopped doing that. I had a really? dream two nights ago that Derek <laughs> and Emerson had really weird... Um, Derek and Emerson, two of your friends. Two of my friends had really weird first names that I'd never heard before. So they were like, yeah, my name's not actually Derek. It's like Latifa or whatever. It was, with, especially with Derek, who was way out there. Barack Obama Niqua. And then last night we were on some trip with a bunch of our friends. And then all of a sudden we were in the, the Bowman's bedroom getting ready to go somewhere. And one of our friends who is not a drug user was ripping on like a five foot long bong <laughs> and i was like dude aren't you driving and he was like it's good man someone else is gonna do it and then there was some goth girl there who was his girlfriend and she was all sad who is this this the goth girl i don't no, know no who is the guy who's oh, ripping on the it was bong? randy <laughs> and this goth girl was there and he told randy told her that she couldn't come with us and she was like crying and all angry so as goth yeah. girls often are, to be fair. <laughs> Anyways, this is the Albums of the Year episode. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> and all the music. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, flinging, us, flinging us into the... Wait. What? Are we going to... I see... Well, you go... So... Okay, so what we're gonna do? We're gonna, we're gonna rip our normal uh, intro. We're gonna do the honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Then we'll get into it. If yes. You know what I'm saying. Yep. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, let me just find it. I have to tune the uh, 
theme music machine. Hey, it still works. The great thing about the fact that Grant got a house instead of an apartment is we can still fit the music machine in. It takes up the entire basement. Yeah, more or less. Like, we, we had kind of a, like a furnace room over there, but we had to actually take the furnace out. So now we're using nuclear energy. There's actually. like uh, there's seven space heaters in yeah. my house, and the bill's just insane. Not to, but this thing like you couldn't you can't sell something like that. And it's like you can't just sell it. Living in the city, it's been really weird having to get just gallons and gallons of blood delivered from Amazon Prime. I know like, the. Post, you know, the postal <laughs> you're telling me, you, you aren't even the one who has to be here to receive it. Yeah. That's all slippery. You're aboard the Good Ship Brothership, episode 50. Top Woo! albums of 2019 in 2020, freshly in 2020. I'm Grant, and this is my brother Jason. It's the only arts podcast that covers film, music, gaming, literature, and the best albums of the year. This may be true, actually. Okay. So. Okay, so, first off... Uh, we're going to uh, do our honorable mentions. Can I do mine and then you do yours and then for sure. the top five we'll oscillate through it? Because yeah, I don't absolutely. have honorable mentions. Yeah, I know you so, don't. You, you've done some weird arcane thing I did. that nobody's going to track with, I did. nobody's going to like. So. so Grant and I both did our top five albums and we're going to alternate between those when the time comes. But for the preliminary stuff, it's the Wild West. So I have uh, put the, the preliminary albums into... I guess four categories that I'll blaze through. Albums I didn't listen to at all, but I know I'll be interested in. Albums I didn't listen to enough to weigh in on. And then albums that I listened to that were kind of meh. And the reason I did this is because, honestly, I felt like there were only five albums this year I enjoyed. Um, Despite the fact that I enjoyed all five of them a lot. There wasn't any middle ground. There were no albums for me that I felt were like seven out of tens. I I don't know why. That's the way it is. So... In no particular order, albums I barely listened to because I didn't vibe with them. My first one is Pep Talks by Judah and the Lion. Uh, we just listened to this one briefly. Uh, nothing about it interested me. It seemed kind of bland, kind of cookie cutter. Really like... Uh, they have a, a very produced, a very sheeny kind of It's the kind quality. of thing where I'd go and listen to like Reliant K if I wanted that. Yeah. Um, but but it's a lot better. Also, I should say I define albums I barely listen to as like I listen to the album for two hours or less. Yeah. Kind of thing. The next one is Basking in the Glow by Also Also. Mm-hmm. This is one that we found a couple weeks ago. Really cool album art, and I think there's very nice, album very art. nice album art. I think there's potential here. This is kind of like uh, pop punk, a little bit indie, sometimes slightly shoegazy, but not really. And. I thought that some parts of the album were cool, some of the instrumentation was neat, but the vast majority of it I thought was pretty average, like, pop-punk indie fare, and, you know, it didn't stand out to me. I, I actually I listened to this album. I was very hopeful when we discovered it, because we discovered it when we were together yeah. after a previous recording session, and I, because I've been saying to you, I was like, all I want is a good guitar-based album Yeah, this year. I've been just so into rock and roll for the past year mm-hmm. starting you know and kick, kind of kicking things off with uh, just recording my own music mm-hmm. um, and when I fi- when I first heard Basking in the Glow I was like oh here it is here's the guitar album that I'm gonna love but I just can't vibe with that pop punk sensibility yeah. it's a it's a cultural sort of thing it's like it's actually one of the last niche genres I would mm-hmm. say there's a lot got of a niche culture, genres but it's got a culture really closely associated with it and maybe I'm just saying that because in the area we live, 
there's a lot pop of that. Punk is like huge. It's pop punk, or you're like a screamo or yeah. new metal or something like that. If you're a band, yeah, generally, speaking. absolutely. So albums I didn't listen to much because I ran out of time. Norman F. and Rockwell by Lana Del Rey. Um, this album interested me. I'd never listened to Lana Del Rey before, and there was a lot that I thought was interesting in terms of the writing. Her vocal performance I thought sometimes was iffy, sometimes was really good. It just depended. And I do want to listen to this album more for sure. I might come around on it. But initially, it seems way too long. I think some of the songs blend together a little bit. Yeah, but I need to listen to it more. Uh, The next one is Father of the Bride by Vampire Weekend. I have a huge soft spot for their first album, which has grown on me over the years. Never listened to anything else by them, really. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure their second album is their biggest one. Interesting. I think. I think that that's the one that, like, made hipsters everywhere aware of them and i listened to father of the bride a little bit and so far it seems decent but just from initial impressions not anything that would get on my top five list is it not true that one of their central members left i'm not sure i don't I th- know anything I about that them, i read really. that one of their one of their central like songwriting members yeah left the band between the previous album and this one i mean the whole point of these are that i I haven't listened to them enough to know anything so yeah i'm not you know and then the last one out of this is titanic rising by i'm gonna say way's blood way's blood i I don't even know how to pronounce it i hadn't listened to this album until like three hours ago (laughs) while i was writing this list it seems awesome so i really want to listen to it more maybe do a review on it um it seems like music like it's my kind of music for where i'm at right now so we'll see how my feelings evolve on it, but yeah, just preliminary. Um, albums I haven't listened to at all yet that I think would be great. I should rattle them off. UFOF by Big Thief. Two Hands by Big Thief. I'm shocked that you didn't listen to Big Thief. I Because you've loved them in well, the past. I gelled a lot with their first album, and then their second album I thought was decent but not as good. Mm-hmm. So these two albums I really owe it to myself to listen to. You do. I'm, I'm honestly astonished that they're here and not like somewhere in your top five now actually i have listened to ufof a little bit so i shouldn't put it under albums that i haven't listened to yet but i haven't listened to it enough yeah yeah so that's that is a injustice i need to correct as are the next two more shockingly ghostine by nick cave and the bad seeds Mm -hmm. now you're much more of a nick cave fan than i am it's documented it's true but i really liked push the sky away especially i thought skeleton tree is a good album i think murder ballads is genius but you know, Dig Lazarus Dig is good. Yeah, but time just got away from me. And the last one is Igor by Tyler, Tyler the Creator. This one's been getting rave reviews everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Flower Boy I liked. <clears throat> I didn't love it, but I think it was an honorable mention a year or two ago when it came out. Yeah, I, I've never really cared for Tyler the Creator. He always sounds like he's like taken a bunch of NyQuil and then he's mm-hmm. got really inspired. and So it's like he's got all these great ideas, but his uh, performance has never really done it for me it's just it's just a it's just a stylistic thing yeah right i'm not saying anything bad about his actual uh content but uh yeah ghosting for me is uh i've ranked it as meh okay fair um enough. i think the like it's it's so hard to judge an album harshly when it's written about such a profound thing it his nick cave's son uh passing away at 17 years of age hence the portmanteau in the title ghost teen ghost teen and it's all about the death of his son but mm. not in a gloomy way well it's it's a very bittersweet very um 
melancholic very melancholic a lot of it's told in memory kind of thing and mm-hmm. but i just didn't find that this album struck as much of an emotional chord with me as i think his previous two have been skeleton tree and push the sky yeah. both of which have moments that just oh they're for so me, good are heartrending mm-hmm. um and i there there were cool thi- there were cool um motifs mm-hmm. in ghost teen certain images that he would revisit mm-hmm. um you know literally like uh descriptive passages of heaven mm-hmm. and that sort of thing that he would revisit from kind of different vantage points and i thought that was cool like it's not a bad album but when you stack it up against the top 5 yeah and and also it felt like they just got too far down the rabbit hole in terms of making floaty mm-hmm. ethereal uh brian eno kind of stuff yeah you know it's okay to pull out the drum kit once in a while mm-hmm. yeah and i did i actually did listen to it a little bit but not enough to have any real thoughts so i have three albums in my albums that were mass session section i'll breeze over these two we've already reviewed two of the three uh my first one is jesus is king by kanye west <laughs> I, it has some merit, and I'm really glad it exists, and I think it actually has an incredibly important place in musical history that I don't know if people appreciate yet, for two reasons. First of all, Kanye's massive genre shift from hip-hop to gospel, his apparently coming to faith, is, I mean, huge. He's one of the most iconic contemporary musicians, no doubt. But I think the bigger thing, and it's a quieter story that people aren't talking about as much, is... I think it's the first album, certainly the first critical album, that ever got patched. Yeah. Where it was released, and then post-release, they modified a few things. They brought Kanye's vocals up on one of the songs. They did a few other things. And I think that that will be interesting to watch in the next 20 years, whether that becomes a trend or not. I was I was mentioning that to, uh, to one of my coworkers mm-hmm. today. Just the, the fact that he actually went back and, like, retroactively, he retconned. Yeah, his own album. And it wasn't a remaster. It it went over top of the previous release. Yeah. And I think that's very interesting historically. The album itself I think has some things going for it. I think it has groove sometimes. There are a couple good beats on the album, but it feels kind of it feels like he got really excited but didn't he got too excited to stay really focused. He's kind of here but, there everywhere. But the thing is, the thing with this album is it was delayed so for mm. so long and so many times yeah it missed its release date or whatever and i just don't understand what all that delay was about like what was he doing because most of the songs on jesus is king sound half finished mm-hmm. they sound half baked the production is not that good the instrumentation is pretty fleh, right I you agree. know and the the writing is not great at all mm-hmm. either like there's literally um uh, uh there's a line that's like Pressing buttons. Oh, yeah. It's like, press buttons. Type right. Yeah. I heard that today, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is it is a Matt album, but at the same time, I think it's important. And I think if you're a music fan, you owe it to yourself to check it out just so you know what, what it is. Yeah. What it is, man. I, I wrote down, so I've got a couple mez here, and then I wrote down bleh for Jesus is King. <laughs> so my next meh is probably one of yours. I don't know. It's Social Cues by Cage the Elephant. I, I would put that in bleh. I literally just forgot about social cues. I forgot that it even existed. I was we, trying to blot it out of my mind. We reviewed this one, I think, pretty early in 2019. Very early, yeah. Um, I was shocked to learn that it came out this year. It, mm. it felt like a lifetime ago. Yeah. 
I found this release to be a little bit encouraging because I think it's the best thing they've done post Melophobia by a good margin. I think it's a lot better than Tell Me I'm Pretty. And True. it does have some songs True. like uh, Black Madonna and stuff like that. They're good songs. And yeah, it does sound decent. like it does sound like Cage the Elephant. It's nowhere in the same ballpark as their first three albums though, which were just sublime. Especially their debut album and then their third album were mm-hmm. just just phenomenal. Um, and yeah, the quality of the songs is just really lumpy on this album. Some of them are great. Some of them are really forgettable. And I think it's a testament to the quality of the album that I forgot that it came out this year. I just, the thing, the, the big thing with Cage the Elephant, I know I say all the time, um, one of my biggest beefs with them is that Lincoln Parrish, their original guitarist and composer of all those fantastic hooks and riffs and stuff from Aberdeen to mm-hmm. Shake Me Down or Ain't No Rest for the Wicked, yeah. he's gone. He's Spider-Man. no longer with them. And uh, the new guitarist just doesn't really have chops. He's not can... bad, but he's just kind of forgettable. Oh, he's totally just like your average hipster guitarist who has like too many fuzz pedals. Really likes Strymon, bro. Know? Have you yeah. heard Strymon? No, there's no way he's Strymon. He's using like vintage fuzz face and like... But the the other thing that bothers me is you go back, you look at early footage early live footage or whatever of cage the elephant playing performing live and you look at their lead singer matthew what's his name matt schultz yeah that's his name you look at matt schultz and he's this grungy looking dude looks kind of like a skater he's got like a unbuttoned flannel and a t-shirt and like long hair now you look at him and you're like, dude, what are you doing? You're running around with clown makeup on. I you've, followed him a long time you've ago. You've got like a red leatherette, like skin tight morph suit type thing that you're wearing during performances. Like, is this what you think? Is this being a an parody? artist? Is this like, real life? I'm like, what are you doing? Take that crap off and write some good music. Because no matter what you wear or what you put on your face, all I'm going to hear is what comes out of your mouth. And I think there is some good music on here, and I think I can hear the kernel of talent on this album, but it, it was ultimately mad. Yeah, but they're like, they were saying like, oh, for this album, we uh, we got together, and, you know, it was the biggest struggle to to make this album, and I think it's the most rewarding. It's like, oh, come on. It's like a not, six out of ten there's album. There's not an inventive piece of music on it. There's nothing, there's nothing better than their old Just albums Just because you're uninspired doesn't mean, you know, you've conquered adversity the challenge said, because it's probably hard to move and all that the process of making melophobia was very trying they said there was a lot of friction between band members something great came out of that that album is phenomenal a great yeah. album came out anyways sorry in some ways though my last met album cuts the deepest because it was the one that i most expected to really like and it's fine line by harry styles <laughs> um Harry Styles was weird. I was a hater for a long time. Obviously, he's from One Direction. And I really came around when he released his self-titled album, uh, 2016, 2017, something like that. Around there, yeah. Around there. And it was really charming. It it was surprisingly well-written. Sometimes it was pretty deep. When it wasn't, it was still like the perfected cliche. And it was what I was kind of going for, you know? And songs like Sweet Creature, uh, Meet Me in the Hallway, Sign of the Times... I was listening to that uh, the the other day when I had my friends over and we were playing games. I put that album on and we were all like, oh, this is great. Like Ugh. only only Angel came on. We we're like, this kind of grooves. Yeah. It's a good album. It's a good album. The only thing with that album is, I think what I said at the time, because we did review it on the show, mm. is it's a little bit of a gift basket album. 
Yeah. You've got your, you know, you got your chocolate in there. You got your obligatory fruit of some sort. Here's you one got big something power kind of ballad. Salty. Yeah. Here's you know, one kind of punk song. Here's, here's a pop song. Yeah. But all, all with that kind of like overproduced sheen over them. Yeah. But I liked, I liked all the different ideas and all the different directions he kind of was going at once there. I thought that was cool. Yeah. It's, it's not a 10 out of 10. It's not a 9 out of 10. Maybe it was an 8 out of 10, but it was cool. It's a 7. Um, with with Sign of the Times on it. Maybe an know. 8. <laughs> yeah. But um, but with this album coming out, his second album, I had time. really high hopes. And I need to listen to it more. I've only probably listened to it like three-ish times, something like that. I just think it's a lot less individualistic. And that's kind of a letdown for me. There's a couple songs on there I really do enjoy. I, I uh, didn't let write the name down, which is too bad. But overall, I just think that it is less outstanding than his first album, and pretty forgettable so far. I was put in mind on a fine line of Rob Thomas's solo album, Something to Be. That's a that's a good album. I like that album. And I was just thinking, okay, you a lot know, of people I mean, hate Rob Thomas, but they're wrong. I don't get. Are, He's like, have you spoken to people who hate Rob Thomas? I've read about them on the internet. I don't get it. How can you hate He's the guy? He's a good songwriter. He's a good singer. He's a phenomenal song. He's like a great pop songwriter. Yeah. He's and, written tons of great yeah, it's pop, pop songs. It's pop music. But if but you're going in looking for pop music, it's great pop music. But it's music. so well done. Yeah. He's got catchy hooks that nobody mm. else has written the likes of. It, you know? rent, it tugs at your heartstrings. He's just you great. through the skies. Yeah. He's Anyways. got a real gift. Anyways. Um... Matchbox 20 was never as big as One Direction, but they're a big band. Whatever. Unwell, all that stuff. Um, and then he goes off and releases Something to Be, which I think is arguably the best album he's made. Mm-hmm, for sure. And uh, and I was kind of put in, in mind of it just because Fine Line does have a much more cohesive uh, sonic aesthetic kind of thing. It's it feel It feels like an album, a lot more so than his self-titled debut did. That's fair. Um, unfortunately, the songs just aren't that good on it. The no. closing track is just deplorable. Um, what's it called? Like, be kind to each other or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so and like the, that. show kindness. I don't know. It's I'm gonna good. I'm gonna find it right now. Uh, it's not good. Um, it's it's just lame. Watermelon Sugar is a great song. Yeah, like there's uh, a few good songs on there that I like. Absolutely, yeah. Like it's not. It's certainly not beyond redemption, and it's not like a bad album or anything. Like it's perfect. It grooves. I just I really. How, oh, it's treat, treat People with Kindness. Treat People with Kindness. Yeah, that's a that's bad That's the second, second. And then the last song's Fine Line, which is a garbage song. But there is a song on here. Um, and please don't sue me, Harry. I'm going to try and find it really quick. Oh, yeah, it's this song. To Be So Lonely. You got to hold it closer to the mic. And I love this. Sounds like Cage the Elephant. <laughs> it does. Good Cage the Elephant. But listen to that, like, ukulele group. Yeah. I was like, it's, wow. I mean, like, there, the, there the, are moments, there are moments, like, I, I have all faith in Harry Styles. Yeah. As, the, like, as this album, this album is not bad. And to be, you know what? Right now, I'm moving it to my honorable mentions. Whoa. Just because of listening to that ukulele. Now, I don't I, even care. To be clear, it's under my headings, albums that were mad, not albums that made me want to kill myself and others. Yeah, but... But, but it's, it's it's a meh album. I have it marked down as meh, but just because of the... Uh, He's moving it? it. I can't find it. <laughs> there it is. Oh my just goodness. Just because of that, I'm drawing an arrow yeah, that's to where my important. honorable mentions yeah. are. Yeah. Okay. That's a pretty big one. Yeah. Okay, go ahead and do your honorable mentions now. 
Okay, and so do my them first with the honorable same alacrity that I did. My first honorable mention is Fine Line by Harry Styles. <laughs> Tell me about it. No, I mean I I do think I do think it's a decent a decent album. Um I I I wish that it had I wish that it had the same sense of grandiosity that some moments of his self-titled album, album had. There is no sign of the times on that. There's nothing even close to There's sign no of the times. There's no creature on there. No, but I think Watermelon Sugar is a great song. And the one that I displayed, yeah, I can't even remember what the title is. The titles are also very bland. Yeah. In this, the, like, Golden, Watermelon Sugar, Adore You, Lights Up, Cherry, Falling, To Be So Lonely was the one I was just playing. She, Sunflower, Volume 6. <laughs> like, what is this? I missed the first five. Candy, Harry. Moon, Treat People with Kindness and Fine Line. Terrible song titles, yeah. Harry. Like, just work on that a bit. Look but, at the um, Smiths. Anyway, yeah, no kidding. Or Leonard Cohen. Or Leonard Cohen. Cohen. Um, okay. So, here's... It's 2020. Right, it is. Can I say a swear on this podcast? Uh... We, we never swear on this podcast, because we okay. want to be family-friendly. Go ahead. I'll Jason, this... This is the part of the show where I really think you might shit your pants. Okay. I think, second... wait, 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 can I predict it? Sure. I think that Alex Cameron <laughs> will be, I think either Alex Cameron or The National will be on the honorable mentions. I have two more. Okay, Alex have... Cameron and The National then. Okay, okay. You're wrong. Oh. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Okay. <laughs> My second honorable mention is I Am Easy to Find by The National. You've, okay, you know what I was going to say? I was going to say, last year, you flat out denied denied something when I nailed it, and then you said it anyways. That happened a year or two ago, so I'm not surprised. I'm probably right about Alex Cameron, too. Go ahead. You're not. You're not. I said you were wrong, and you're wrong. You're, your two predictions are wrong. One of them was right, one of them was wrong. Okay. Anyway, so my, my second honorable mention is I Am Easy to Find by The National. It is by far... Well, actually... Uh, I don't know. Like it's the in the top three of all eight of these albums, including like my my five my top five and then my three honorable mentions. All what? eight of them. Okay. I think I think I am easy to find is the one I've listened to the most. Okay. Yeah. Because I know the Nationals albums have a propensity to grow on me over time. They really do. And I don't want to end up with egg on my face in six months you when I remember. Might. You still will. Oh, I still pro- I still might. But I don't think so because I think that, um, I think that this is one of their weakest albums. It has some great moments on it, but I just, you know what? I'm gonna adjust the mic here. It's kind of drooping. It's kind of sagging. There's a drug for that, but we don't have any in this house because we're newlyweds. Anyway, um, <laughs> dude. <laughs> <laughs> That reaction was so good. Uh, dude. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm in love. I'm in love. I don't care who knows it. Oh my gosh. Put a bullet in my head if I ever find a woman who will talk to me. Okay. So, the national. <laughs> I just think that this is truly one of their weakest albums. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, right? okay. I'm, no, I'm listening to <laughs> your you. eyes are real glossy and pink. <laughs> um, uh. I think I think Matt Berninger's writing, from what I've heard, 
because I haven't really properly listened to like Alligator or in fact their first album. Alligator is my least favorite. Um, I think it's never been as weak as it is on uh, I'm Easy to Find. Sure, there are some great moments, but for the most part, it's tons of syllables crammed into this like unrelenting melody and nothing f- sounds nothing sounds fluid or melodic as he's kind of like staggering his way through you know through his own lyrics um i think i think they would benefit greatly if they went back to more conventional song structures mm-hmm. in general um this whole floaty nonsense thing is kind of wearing thin on me with a lot of artists including Nick Cave he didn't even he didn't make it anywhere because I'm like just it's cool if you do it once or twice it's cool if you do it a little bit this is the Nationals first album like this uh it's more so yeah I guess so but um, and it's important to remember for our listeners keeping score at home in 2017 Sleep Well Beast was the Good Ship Brothership album of the year jointly between us great album great album That album is, that's maybe my favorite national album. And I've been thinking back to that album as I listen to I Am Easy to Find. And I'm like, recalling all of the fantastic songs that are on that album. There's like four in a row Uh that are all just supremely good. I will say Sleep Well Beast is hands down better than I Am Easy to Find. Absolutely. And I was just, I've been so let down by I Am Easy to Find there are a couple great, you know, Hairpin Turns and Light Years and Ryland. Yeah, they're all good songs. But in in between that, it's an hour and nine minutes. I'm easy to find. Uh-huh. And it's like too much. It's too much for me, and I was kind of let down. You are mostly wrong, and we'll discuss it later. Right. But you have a couple good points. Here's a part of the show where you're going to shit your pants. My second honorable mention. I know what it's going to be. What? It's going to be... Uh, 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 Half Moon Run. My second honorable mention is Help a Stranger by the Tours. Oh, that is surprising. Really? Yes. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, okay? I thought you were an adult, but now nope, I, whenever nope, you talk, nope. I just do a little baby talk. Listen to me. Listen stupid to me. idiot. <laughs> Listen to me, because I've been around okay. the block a okay. couple times more than you. But the the rack on tour, it's all. Oh, if you okay. shut up okay. and listen, you yeah. might learn something. Okay. Great album. It's a great album. Great album. It is great. And I think that if it's if it's not, I am easy to find. If it's not my other honorable mention, then this is the album I've listened to the most. I had this CD in my car for so long that the case melted in the sun over the summer. I mean, that probably would only take like one day. That doesn't matter. It's cool. Okay? <laughs> Shut up. Um, it's got some great songs. California Born, Born and Raised is awesome. Uh, don't Bother Me is great. I Don't Even Mind Live a Lie. But at a certain point, when we were doing this Albums of the Year thing and I went back and listened to it, I went, you know what? There's a lot of chaff in here. There's a lot of songs like Only Child where I, where I go... It's, I like that song. Or, or the title track. I'm like, okay, like, it's fine. But a lot of it still still just sounds like Jack White doing the Jack White thing. And he's playing the same pentatonic, fuzzed-out thing he's been doing since late White Stripes. You know, and the lyrics on pretty much every song except for Bored and Raised, I think, 
are just <laughs> I would like to read part of a sentence from my uh, notes on Help a Stranger later on. I said, quote, there's little to no fat in the track list, unquote. No, you're wrong. There's fat in the track list. There's little to no. There's Slim fat. Down. There's okay. fat in there. There's just a lot of a lot of really mid-tempo ballads that just kind of meh for me, you know? I'm surprised that I haven't heard from a couple other albums on your list yet. Well, we're getting to okay. some more albums. Um let, let me just let me quickly just call up the track list actually for uh okay. for Help Us Stranger. And let me say again, I do really like this album. I will still listen to it probably more than some of the stuff that's on my top 5. I thought you were all like cool. <laughs> okay. So Bored and Raised, amazing song. Help Me Stranger, eh. Only Child, ugh. Uh, I don't like that song. I like it a lot. It's, the lyrics are just so, are so lame. The lyrics, the writing in general on that album is not phenomenal. But, and I think part of the reason why this album's had a bit of a fall for me is because I've been listening to early White Stripes. Mm. And the writing is so clever, so vibrant, and so funny, and, you know, memorable, and cool and yeah. rock and roll and then you listen to this it's like hmm. uh like you've 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 kind of bleached out all the character from your writing um don't bother me is a good song and these the like don't bother me and born and raised definitely have jack white's fingerprints all over the lyrics mm-hmm. with the weird wordplay and stuff um shine the light on me is fine it's mm-hmm. not great at all um, some days I don't feel like trying. I really like. I like, I like Hey Jip. I think hey that's Jip, a cool hey song. Hey Jip's a good one. Sunday Driver is a great song. Now that you're gone is decent. Yeah. Live a lie is good. What's yours is mine is fine. And thoughts and prayers I don't even. I don't even know. It's not that good. Okay. So yeah. Anyway, so those are my honorable mentions. It's gonna be hard to, for me to, to do the rest of the podcast. Really angry. <laughs> I told you, dude. I warned you. My top five is gonna like, like maybe honestly, maybe we should just. This could be the last episode of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we're forty-two minutes in. Holy smokes! Should oh, we get yeah. to the top five? I guess so. Also, we uh, we totally forgot our. Um, I thought we were supposed we said... to do the music when we get to the top five. Yeah, but we were going to do one one song when we got to our honorable mentions. I thought one song was top five, the other song is for the, for the best. No, yeah, well, so play can, the top five yeah, song Yeah, we can now. do that. Okay. okay, here we go. Welcome to the Good Ship Brothership's annual Album of the Year Awards. I'm your host, Jason Andrews, on this island extravaganza. And I'm Grant Andrews. I'll be reviewing albums on the hour from now until midnight. Who's your honey? <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> that was weird. So are you going, you're going first I'll now? Go first. With your number five? So this is an album. My number five is an album I thought I would have heard on your honorable mentions or Matt or something. Maybe you forgot about it. If it's in your top five, I'll be kind of weirded out. Sweaty Teddy. Um, it is I, I by Bonnie Vare. Oh, okay. Um, I really respect Bonnie Vare. I think he has a lot of talent. I think this album lived up to his past albums i think it's really solid basically the problem we have two problems here that kept it at number five um first of all his really ethereal kind of out there music style 
isn't something I have a desire to listen to that often relative to a lot of the other albums on my list. So it's hard for it to really top my favorites list when I only feel like listening to it like once or twice a month. But you did listen to 22 a million like a lot. I pounded that album hardcore and it's it was definitely <laughs> that sounded funny the way I said it. <laughs> I pounded that album how, hardcore. How can you How can you possibly get after me for saying the sweet Don't, innocent, nope, that was, innocent nope. thing I did and then now you throw up. <laughs> I will vomit all over the microphone. Yeah, y'all know what's up. Okay. Anyways, um yeah, 22 a million I liked a lot more. I don't think it was quite as out there, but maybe it was. And maybe I was just in a, I could have just been in a different place then. And 22 a million's way more out there. I, okay, whatever. But the second thing that I think was the bigger problem is this year I had a bit less patience and just of late, patience for artists who deeply like very much so obfuscate the meaning of their music. And I don't mind if if you sing in riddles and you use analogies and it, you bury the lead a little bit. But for me... What up, Gord Downey? Listening to Bonnie Vare's album a decent amount, as I did for this one, we reviewed it. I just don't know what it's about. I'm sure it's about something. But I have less patience than I used to for albums that make me maybe read books, listen to interviews, read op-eds, whatever. Um to try and figure out what the heck he's talking about. And that held it back for me because after a while I start to lose a bit of interest because the album's not relatable at all because I don't know what it is it wants me to relate to. Mm-hmm. But um, Bonnie Vare's production is always top-notch. It is here. His instrumentation is always fresh. He has his own style and he kind of sticks to it, but I think he iterates on it enough album to album that it keeps it interesting. So I don't think this is going to win over new fans of Bonnie Vare who didn't like his older stuff, but I don't really think it's going to make anyone unhappy who liked his older stuff, which I did. So it's a good album. Okay. <clears throat> My number five album for one huge, towering, quivering... Now this one is Half Moon Run. ...is A Blemish in the Great Light by Half Moon Run. This is going to be the most... Uh, different lists i think we've ever had absolutely it's good just you wait son okay Glugenheim so by dark squid or whatever dark it was squid. <laughs> where do you come up with this stuff i'm not even related to you okay but a, a blemish in the great light by half moon run has what i would consider to be some of their best uh best work on it with songs like you know what go ahead what do you, what do you want i'm listening Get up, <laughs> you loser! It's got some of their best work on it, in my opinion. Um, Flashback: I was like, "This is a celebration." Now it's like, "I hate you." <laughs> I'm not hating Just, anybody. No, I'm saying that to you. <laughs> You're the one who's all unhinged. Okay, go okay. ahead. Uh, song, you know, then again is a fantastic song. Favorite boy is amazing. Uh, Flesh and blood is very good as well. Uh, you know, all the way through Razorblade, Undercurrents, and then, you know, you get to Jello on my mind, which j- 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 truly every time I think about this album is the first song that comes to mind. That and maybe like Favorite Boy. Uh, but Jello on my mind and New Truth kind of ripped off half of this album's worth to me. You psyched it's, yourself out of a great album. N- I have not. I still enjoy it. 
as much as I'm going to, but the fact of the matter is, if you love the first two acts of a great movie, and then the final act, the third act, is completely disappointing... You have Waterworld. No, you don't. Um, No, none of the acts of Waterworld are good. But you still... You still have to view that experience as a whole. You know, I'm I'm not going to go, well, you know, yeah, Jello on my mind's a huge misstep because this beautiful, somber album about, you know, love, heartbreak, and everything in between, and then you drop a song about Jello in it. But I'm going to push back on your analogy because a movie is one thing. An so album is, is an album. An album's connected together. No, they're disparate parts. You listen. No, to, they're not. You but listen. How? Okay. You listen to part of an album way more than you watch part of a movie. But we're. That's the nature of songs, though. Exactly. But we're not reviewing songs here. Well, we're you reviewing albums. Up, <laughs> you bumped up Harry Styles' album into your honorable mention because of one song. Yeah, and I'm bumping this one down because of one song. <laughs> We're reviewing albums as units, Jason. Do you understand the concept of the show and what we're doing right now? You're going to make me go insane. (laughs) Can I review review this album, please? Or are you going to interrupt me? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I do have nice things to say if you just listen. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my word. Okay. The, The... Okay, A Blemish in the Great Light is wonderfully produced. Yeah. It's brilliantly executed. Mm -hmm. I said before when we reviewed it uh, kind of on its own that you can tell... I said, I I think, with any other artist, you'd be frustrated because it's so so polished. The performances are so polished. But with these guys, you know it's just because they're that good. Right. You know? And I think that that's true. I think that uh, the vocal performance from their lead singer, whose name I actually don't know... Uh, is easily his best that he's ever done. And uh, I think that this is a very balanced and a very, I don't like this this term, but it's a very mature album. In a good way. In a very good way. It feels like they've kind of hit a stride and found a, a tone that they like. Mm-hmm. And truly, like, the rest of the albums on my top five are really good, in my opinion. Like, I really like them. And me putting A Blemish in the Great Light ahead of both, you know, I Am Easy to Find and uh, Help a Stranger was not an easy choice, but I felt, you know what, the quality of the songwriting in general on A Blemish in the Great Light just, quite frankly, kicks both those albums' butts, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Like, there's the some really good songwriting. songwriting is exceptional. Yeah, and some great performances, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's my number five. My number five is A Blemish in the Great Light. You're number four. Wow, Whoa. I just threw up in what my mouth. What was that? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Even you can't stand your own trickery and lies. Trickery? Yeah. There's been no trickery. Okay, so here... Except for me telling you that you're going to shit your pants, and so far I've been completely right. I, I haven't yet. So here's how it went for me with the top five. Number five I was a little gift because I forgot about it until I was making the list, but these top four have been rattling around in my head ever since they've all been released since the most recent one came out me like i don't know what i'm gonna do and honestly depending on the date i think my number one is probably my number one and two are better than my three and four but you could switch around one and two you could switch around three and four like this has been difficult for me okay i think that i think i agree with that actually yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> so my fourth 
favorite album of the year is Miami Maori by Alex Cameron. Okay. And I really wanted it to be higher because we love Alex Cameron. Yep. I have a pin on my jacket that says Roy Squad. Roy so being do the, So do I. So does Grant. Roy being the saxophonist. Grant's old bed frame in our house had a plaque that said Alex Cameron slept here. As no, I think actually, that's your PC actually case. My PC says Alex oh. Cameron slept here. My my bed frame said Roy Malloy slept here. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, we love like his personality is fantastic, as mm-hmm. is Roy's, who's like his his right hand man. Nice guys too. And while I'm listening to Divorce or Stepdad, PC with me, a bunch of other tracks on this album. Oh, and the closer. And the closer. Gone I'm, too far? Is that what it's called? I am utterly convinced, you could not tell me otherwise, that anything better came out this year, right? Like, it's definitely the Absolutely. best album of the year. Absolutely. But it's just not, and it couldn't crack the top three. A big part of this is because there's a lot of stiff competition. Last year, we had uh, Bahamas won, and then there's a pretty there's a huge gap between the, number one and he, two. He won with an unbelievable yes. lead. This year, all four of these are clustered together, so that's part of why it's number four. There's just here's strong a, competition. Here's a question. If Earth Tones came out this year, would it be at the top of your list? I was going to leave it. I was going to ask you once we were done. Yes, but it would have been much tighter. I think so, too. Yeah, it yeah. would have been much tighter, but, but I Earth think Earth so. Tones is just, it's like, s- such... A stupid good album. I listened to Bahamas for for eighty six hours this year. And the thing, the thing about Earth Tones too. Before we get back to relevancy, mm-hmm. the thing about Earth Tones, everybody likes that album. Hannah, my wife, likes that album. Mm-hmm. You know, Rosie, Randy's girlfriend, she likes that album. And she said because we were talking about it because Hannah had it playing when uh, Randy and a couple other people came over um, for uh, for New Year's Eve, and Bahamas was playing when they arrived and. That Hannah and Rosie started talking about Bahamas and how yeah. they don't like, neither of them like any of the music Randy or I play, right. except Bahamas. Yeah. I mean, it's like, Bahamas is so good. It's, it's, he is so good. It's almost too good. But it's <laughs> no, not. it's not. No. So, with Miami Memory, Alex Cameron is one of the best writers in the music industry. And his writing is still phenomenal on this album, especially uh, PC With Me divorce um what's the song that's like uh floating through an airport on a raft of was, plastic bombs i was literally just about to ask you the same thing maybe it is pc with well, me no guten tag the mean yeah that's pc are. with me that's pc yeah. with me for sure those songs that's some of the funniest writing i've yeah, ever heard it really it's is. really emotional sometimes like stepdad is a funny song but it is really emotional it is um it i know really they say is. i'm frail and broken but you can't treat your mom that way yeah. like it's it's from the heart you can tell yep. and it's it's uh, tongue in cheek. It's like everyone quotes Nietzsche saying, "Like we should every we should call every truth false that's not accompanied by at least one good laugh," kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, I know you agree with this. We've talked about this before. At times, he steps away from the playful nature that made all of his songwriting so good, even the really poignant, touching stuff, and gets a little too explicit. And I mean that partially. Not- I mean explicit partially in terms of like sexual but partially in terms of just not dancing around the subject in the way that was playful before you know um he kind of he he's when when he steps over that line it ceases to become to be um amusing or have any weight to it and it just becomes profane yeah pretty you much know? and 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 it loses all of its power yeah in doing so because mm-hmm. you know the 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 power of saying you know and this is actually the lyric is on I've killed little baby rabbits I've killed microscopic crabs 
Yeah. The the best part about that line is you know what he means. Yeah. And he knows what he, he means. He knows what he but means. But he didn't say it. But he doesn't come out and say it. Yeah. I could peel the gym pants off a single mother. Okay, that's just, that's, that's pretty. Okay, that's, that's pretty so, But that's but, so good. Yeah, it is that's pretty so good. Um, but um, but the uh, yeah, his lyricism definitely is just too blunt in some mm-hmm. in some parts of this, and his agenda is more out in the open as well. His yes. own personal or political agenda is really on, just on display in some of these songs, and it's like that's his prerogative. That's, that's his I, prerogative. But I find it less entertaining. But when you blend it with that characteristic that you've created it just cheapens both a little yes. bit yeah i agree with that that's a good way to put um, it i think it is a really good album though overall and and i wanted it to be higher than fourth but i had too many babies on the table i had to saw in half so i don't know why you would say that it is a king solomon reference okay yeah, you know it's I like it, I guess. Yeah. yeah who takes the baby number four so my well, fourth been, favorite yeah. album of the year is miami memory by alex cameron Okay, my fourth favorite album. Is it also Miami Memory? (laughs) Oh, son, you have so much to learn. My fourth favorite album of the year was Miami Memory by Alex K. Yeah. (laughs) And and for most of the, for pretty much all the same reasons. Watch, that's going to win like Brothership Album of the Year because we agreed on it. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, It's it's pretty much all the same reasons that, uh, that you cited. You know, I mean... There are moments of sheer brilliance. I think "Divorce" is probably the best Alex Cameron song he's written. So good, and "Gone Too Far" is a phenomenal closer. And too few albums have great closing tracks on them. Hey, you want to know what has a great closing track? "The National." I'm easy to find. True. What is it close with? "Light Years." "Light Years." Yeah, that is a great closer. That's true. Um, But uh, but yeah, they're just the innuendo was the joy of Alex Cameron and it's still intact two thirds of the time yeah but then the the other one third is just it's too explicit it's it cheapens you know the cheeky rude humor of it Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just not as fun yeah man I agree when you when you go like oh what did he just say and then you look at the liner notes and you go serious (laughs) like the perfect example of it done right is uh when he talks about we floated through an airport on a raft of plastic bongs, then he says we got fi as huck in Prague, and he, yeah, I just didn't funny. hear it. Sodomy in Berlin without a guten tag. Like I didn't really hear no it the first few yeah. times, and then eventually you're like, wait, fi as huck in Prague? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, there's there's great there's great moments in it for sure, but it it is weighed down, I think, by you know songs like uh, uh, whatever. Give me some names here. Other ladies isn't one of my favorite. Uh, my, other ladies actually Miami Memory is probably my least my, favorite Mi- Miami Memory that's Far that's From Home thinking. Um, no it's Far From Born Again is what it's called yeah Far From Born Again is also like. eh, although one thing I like about that is I'll always remember us leaving uh, Karen's couch surfing place in Prince Edward Island on our trip and that was the day that song came out and I went on data and downloaded it and we listened to it as we left her house did we? yeah I don't remember that yeah yeah. so I'm looking at the tra- track listing here Gaslight's fine Bad for the Boys is great yeah. Um, End is nice, fine. PCU with me is good. Yeah, Other Ladies isn't that great. Uh, it, the track listing is mercifully short. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Nine songs? One, two, three, four, five, six, ten. seven, eight, nine. Yeah, ten. Um, and, uh, but yeah, Miami Memories, not good. Far From Born Again is not very good. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, 
still a great, still a great album. I completely agree with you, but it it is also it also falls in the lengthy shadow of his previous release. Yes, uh, I think which is Forced Witness. Forced Witness is easily better. Yes, I would agree with that. But it is tough because I do love Divorce. Yes, like that song is so so clever and so nicely done. Okay, on to number threes. Okay, we will not have the same one here because you have already listed it. <laughs> My third favorite album of the year Help is a Help a Stranger by the Raconteurs. Nice. I'm um, glad you enjoyed it that much. This is my favorite thing Jack White has made ever by a good margin. I haven't investigated early White Stripe stuff as much as I should, but I have a little bit. And so far, I think this... I think my theory, my thesis, is that Jack White is at his finest when there's somebody beside him to rein him in just a little bit. And I'm not talking about Meg White's like double amputee chimpanzee drumming i'm talking about someone creatively who just slows him down a little bit maybe makes him think maybe makes him heaven forbid go a bit more mainstream and i know that's a dirty phrase mainstream but i think that this is a lot more approachable than some of the other jack white stuff like ice station zebra which was admittedly really good really really good or get in the mine shaft or something and i think it's better off for it um it's Really great, straight-up rock and roll. There's a little bit of folk in there and, and stuff like that, a too. country, maybe. A little bit of country. But I just think it's very well executed, especially musically. I agree that his lyrics... I don't think his lyrics are bad, and sometimes they're good, like in Don't Bother Me especially. But I don't think they're exceptional. I don't think that's why anybody's really going back to this album. But the production quality, the drumming's exceptional, especially drumming's on, very good. Yeah. I was I was noticing that while I was listening to it today. The guitar is is excellent Jack White, which I think he does a good job of adapting to a band setting versus just him and Meg. One thing that's not talked about enough with Jack White is like all his various projects and how well he does adapt. Yeah. He plays drums in the dead weather. Yeah. Have you heard I Feel Love Every Million Miles by The Dead Weather? Yes. It's a phenomenal rock song. Mm. Like, it is phenomenal. Yeah, so I think, I don't think there are any major drawbacks to this album. The reason why it definitely couldn't crest third for me more than anything else was personal taste. Because my musical tastes have really mellowed in the past year. I think that's probably temporary because I've had this happen before. Uh, In 2016, I listened to like only folk music and then I came back around. Um, but this is my favorite albums. It's not the best albums, so I don't feel bad, definite like hard limiting this album to third because I just didn't feel it often enough. <laughs> and to be honest, I feel like I like this this album more than you, and I have it in my honorable really? mentions. I think it's a great <laughs> album, and it's it's one of the most balanced albums because I disagree with you that there's fat in the track list. I think one or two of the songs are okay. But I don't really think there's any songs I would cut if I could. I don't think so. Um, Yeah, I think it's super well balanced. And if I was really into rock, it might get higher. But this year has just been a more mellow year. I don't know about that because I've been super into rock and roll this year. And like I found it to be not rock enough for me. Yeah, but you're wearing a cardigan. At my rockiest points. Yeah. You know who else wore cardigans? Jimmy Page. Google it. Yeah, he's dead now too. No, he's not. He's still alive. He's still (laughs) kicking out the jams. Okay, that's it. My, are, are my, good for top, to... my third album of the year is Help a Stranger by that correct on two Okay. Speaking of rock and roll, my third favorite album of the year. <laughs> is it that Black Squid? Yeah. 
Oh. It's Schlagenheim by Black Midi. This I did not see coming. I Actually, need to listen to this album. Everything from here on out I did not see coming. This is what made this year so exciting for me personally. It was a complete stampede of dark horses for me, and I am so excited. So Schlagenheim, which is I I don't understand. You know what? Should we Google Schlagenheim right now just to see what it is? Just to see if it means like. Uh, why don't I do it while you talk about sure. it? Sure, that sounds good. So. It was an album that popped up on a couple different, like, alternative music aggregating websites, uh, best best albums of 2019. It came up on a couple of them. And so I thought, you know what, and the, the, the uh, description said that the singer's voice sounded like a cartoon villain and that it's something like, you know, you can't help but listen to Black Midi's Schlagenheim and think that it might just be the future of rock and roll guitar music. Schlagenheim is a nonsense word, a made-up location of agglutinative German that reflects the recording's frustrating tension of almost meaning. What? That's what it says. Okay. Uh, that doesn't really help. So it's not anyway. a real word. Yeah. So, um, so I went and I listened to uh, the song Bum Bum Bum. It's B-M-B-M-B-M, all lowercase. <laughs> Um, off of this album and it's I promise you Jason it is one guitar note in the entire song oh my goodness and it is one lyric for the entire song the lyric is she moves with a magnificent purpose how long is the song um let me see like is it more than two minutes long oh yeah okay like it's like three and a half maybe four minutes long okay and uh, I listened to the to the song while I was like in the shower one day and I was like, what on earth is this garbage? Like, what? what is this? You know? And, uh... Oh. Yeah, so that... Hold on. I'll, I'll play a little snippet of it here, just so that people know how nuts I am okay. right now. Oh, it's five minutes long. Skip into, like, the middle. Hold on. Oh, wait for this. Actually, I will skip the middle. <laughs> like I need to I'm downloading this album Isn't right now. Isn't that weird though? Okay. And and he just gets more like frenzied as the song goes on until he's like screaming it. He's like, It's she moves with a magnificent purpose. And I listened to the song, I was like, dude, that's garbage. And then like I showed it to a couple of my coworkers who are into music and I was like, listen to this, like this is crazy, dude. And they're like, uh, you know, we were laughing about it. And then I went and I I listened to it. A couple more times, just more out of curiosity than anything, and more out of kind of weird, uh, squeamish fascination, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then suddenly... This is their debut album, too. Yes, I know. They're very, very young, these guys. They're from England, from London, I think. And uh, then suddenly a switch flipped, and it was Sunday. Today is Tuesday that we're recording this. And it was Sunday when I was at Mom and Dad's place with you. And I got, I downloaded this album on my phone and I cranked it all the way home. And then I got here and I did dishes and I cranked it while I did dishes. And oh my goodness, did I ever have a Hannah great time. Hannah must love that album. She wasn't here. <laughs> Has she heard it yet? Uh, I played a little snippet for her and she was like, no, thank you. Please turn that off. Okay. But um, 
It is nuts, dude. I don't know how to describe it. It is not all heavy. Like I played, I played you the one snippet when we were setting up here. Yeah. It's not heavy. It's kind of cool. It's kind of. It was still heavy. It's post punky. Yeah. Uh, in its you know most. I will listen to it. Um, just people like I don't know if I'm normal. I don't know if I I should like it. I don't know if I'm gonna get completely over it and then hate it again. Like it's very weird. I okay. completely flipped on this album. All I know is that. It is very the, these musicians very skillful, especially the drumming. It is totally like for a second I thought that maybe after I looked at a photo of them, I thought maybe Matthew J. Helders had left Arctic Monkeys in despair and then put blackface on and joined this new band Black Midi because the drummer is like wicked his his jazz infused kind of drum beats and the uh, I'm not saying like not every single song on this album is a winner. But it is just off the wall. It has so much energy and so much enthusiasm. And I think that that's really, really great. And it rocks, dude. Yeah. I'm so pretty sure my, that Alex Cameron is going to be our album of the year. My third, oh dear. I'm my pretty third, sure. My third favorite album of 2019 was Schlagenheim by Black Midi, which is unbelievable. Okay. I... I <laughs> I'm as surprised so, as you are. So you like it more than the Racon Tours and the National? Here's the and, thing. Um, do I think that over the course of my life I will listen to Schlagenheim more than Help a Stranger? Probably not. But at the time of this recording, I'm hyped up on Schlagenheim. Schlagenheim Dude, sounds like... Hyped on Schlagenheim. Sounds like something that Dwight Schrute would play for the rest of the office. But but it's it's just it's just this energy that that album exudes I'll, I'll listen to it absolutely you know and it's 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 it reminds me of like the best parts of band practice with my band when mm-hmm. i was you know 18 or whatever and we were just on fire we were playing super well that day and back when you actually enjoyed your life yeah you know so yeah. so my number two album of the year is uh what is it's it? probably going to be the national it is I am easy to find by the national. <laughs> Definitely big shoes to fill here. Uh, like we, their last album was our Good Ship Brothership album of the year. I think it was a tight race between that and something else. Um, I cannot I'm, remember which I'm blanking on right now. Yeah, me too. Um, oh, it forced witness between that and Alex. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a tight race between those two, but it won deservedly so. I mean, that's a phenomenal album. It's so good. Um, and I think this album is exceptional. I think it's. I've already waxed poetic about it a lot when we did our review and it it's one of the reasons it's the main reason probably that the national was my second most listened to band of 2019 behind only Bahamas um and I think I think this album has a ton of strengths and a ton of merit it is one of the best produced albums of the 21st century. It is incredibly well produced. I'll definitely give you that. The National, everything they've had from High Violet onwards, probably, or maybe Trouble Will Find Me onwards, has been pro- like world class production. Absolutely. But I, this... I don't. I don't think that High Violet's nearly as well. Honestly, I I have my problems with all their albums going up to. Uh, uh, Sleep Well Beast. I think yeah. that there was a big jump in production quality. Maybe Trouble Will Find Me. Honestly. Um, but but their, out, their production's been amazing for a long time. Oh, yeah. But if, I think this is probably the best one yet. I'd it's, agree. It's like... I was playing it while my dad and I were doing the dishes. And I was saying to him, it's remarkable because 
I swear, I'm telling you, try this out right now. It makes whatever you're listening to it on sound better than it is, like higher quality. It brings out the best of any sound system, whether it's earbuds or big speakers. I don't know about your phone speaker. It's but just, it's too bad that with all the, with all the great gear I'm sure they had at their disposal, that it couldn't write a half decent song for them. It sounds big <laughs> and it sounds expansive. I wish you guys could see the murder that Jason just looked at me right now. And just just the sound of this album the sound quality of this album makes my like spirit soar when i listen to it you know it sounds like a wide open field mm-hmm. it's it's incredible um i think that the actual instrumentation and song structure and stuff like that i think it struck the perfect balance between exploration and and uh being a little bit on the safe side. There's a really strong presence of female vocals in this album that wasn't present beforehand. I really enjoy that. I don't know if I want them to continue in that direction. I, I don't. think I'd be happy. Like I loved it, but I think I'd be happy if it was just a one album type of deal. It, it does make for a really interesting uh, and strong palette of mm-hmm. kind of textures. His writing, I'm surprised you don't like it more because I think it's reminiscent of Gord Downey in that it's uh, a lot of like a lot of uh, stuff that's a little bit difficult or quite difficult to understand but really emotive it really takes you somewhere I'm gonna um, I'm gonna look up some of these lyrics right now okay whatever you're gonna look up like the one the worst line in the album or something anyways I think that the writing is good I don't think it's the strong suit of the the album but but yeah the instrumentation is incredible they struck a balance with experimentation and retreading the old. And I've said this before on the podcast. I will say it again. If you have an album that is two things, you have a phenomenal album. The first thing is if you have an album that sounds good. And the second thing is if you have an album that sounds new. Because it's very difficult to have new and good at the same time with an album. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I think that this album is both of those things. And that's what makes it so great. It's not the Nationals' best album. It's really not. But, yeah, I listen to this album all the time, and it takes me somewhere, and it makes me feel something. Um, And, I mean, I don't get to feel a lot anymore these days, you know? Yeah, I I can imagine. (laughs) Um, Okay, hit me with the lyrics. But, I don't know, there's just a lot. I am not in Kansas. I hate that song. Really? On that, oh my goodness. Like, uh, it... Like it's it's the height of what my problem with this album is is write the lyrics for the song, don't write this stupid self indulgent poem that doesn't make any sense and then cram it into your poor battered whimpering melody that's like oh I'm sorry I'm trying I think to be it fits, comedy. It's, it's like old Alex uh, Turner how he would cram a bunch of stuff no, in there and not. it totally works. No, it's not because there was a meter to what he was doing. I, but there's okay. nothing to this. You're, when he you know says, what. At the at at the real Armstrong the, taught me to play cutthroat at my aunt Angela's house, while my real dad's skate got caught in the ice and he drove us home with a spiral fracture. And if you listen to the song, it's just I it's just a jumble of words. It's you know what like it's it's probably just not for me. But when I listen to this, and then I listen to something like Dark Side of the Gym. It's like, oh. Well, okay. Like, Dark Side of the Gym is 
one of my favorite songs of all time. It's, I mean, yeah. And then, oh, okay. that's well, then I, when I listen to "Don't Swallow the Cap," yeah, or but, "Sorrow," or but like you're just telling me about a German band where they repeat the same line over and over again for five minutes. Where's the sensicalness in that? <laughs> it's um, it's because it's not trying to be anything else. It, like the, I feel like this national album is kind of trying to have its cake and eat it too. If you want to do kind of a spoken word thing, fine. Get Matthew Berninger to do spoken word. He's got a great, beautiful voice. That would actually be really but it cool. Just, it irritates me how he's kind of. It feels like he's just taking all these words and trying to cram them into like a singable melody. Huh. Fair enough. I, I don't know, man. I just I know he can do better. He's the lyrics are too self-indulgent. But that, like, on no, a that, lot of this stuff, I think that's a one of the weak tracks on the album. But it you is. Go, it is. You I'm, go to that's why I'm picking on it, dude. Because <laughs> I can't. I, well, yeah. although, like, you had your soul with you, oblivions, and the pull of you, like the pull of you, that the melody pull of you is and a good the, song. the dual vocal performances. I'm easy to find. I love. Uh, um. Yeah, hairpin turns, Ryland, light years. That album ends strong. Uh, Ryland's a really good song. Hairpin Turns, I think, has some irritating verses for me. Like, huh. has some has some moments where I go, eh, you know, is that is that the song where I just don't I don't like when you have this wonderful singable uh, chorus, like in Hairpin Turns. What are we going through, you and me? And then, oh yeah, it's that song because then it, the verse is like your nervous throat clicks. And I swim. It's very ethereal. Through the hook. You know, there's just, it just, I don't know, it's just a little jarring. And I think, you know, you could have done better. You could have made it a little bit more musical. Okay. Maybe that's a personal thing. Again, I've listened to the album a lot and I will continue to listen to it throughout my life. Like, I don't hate Mm -hmm. it or anything. Okay, so what am I on to? Number Number two. two. And then we got to play the next music. Right. Number two is going to be. Fluke and Flurk by Frickin' Frack. I love this album. I it takes it takes me to a wonderful, beautiful place. Um, Have I heard of it? Of yep, cafes and gas stations lit up by headlights, and you know, beautiful women in those diners. You know, and uh, heartbreak, is... love and loss. What is it? It is Norman Effing Rockwell by Lana Del Rey. Oh, really? And I am taken by this album, man. This album is a great, for me, it has out-national the national. Now, her, Lana Del Rey's writing, I, I'm assuming she does her own, like, lyric writing, but her writing is so beautiful in this album. And so, and, and I get... Because you said it didn't really gel with you, and I get that. Well, I, I do want to throw out a disclaimer, bef- like as you're launching into it. Yeah. That my main thing I should have double underlined in my review is I haven't listened to it near enough. You I'm, really need to listen I'm just to ta- it more. Like I don't think I've listened to the last two or three tracks yet at all. Okay. So I, like I said, it, this is very preliminary, and I could very well end up loving it. Yeah, I just yeah, haven't yeah. listened to it enough. But I, I just kind of, I went, eh, you know, Lana Del Rey, she's just kind of like that hipster angsty chick who, you know, hipster angsty chicks in their late teens kind of, you know, like, you put flowers in your hair and then you smoke a cigarette, great. But, uh... That's what we do. Yeah. 
You know, nobody good ship, good ship brothership picture. That would be a phenomenal good ship brothership <laughs> picture. We should do that. Anyway, um, the uh, the first time I listened to the opening track, which is the title track, I was like, "Whoa!" The opening track, like the way the way that Whoa. album starts from like second one, is really good. I love that opening song. And this album has it's very very low key, and you're right, the songs aren't distinct. Great use of piano too. But oh. But the whole album just has this beautiful, gentle flow. Like, it's it's really, really nice. It takes you through itself in a really, just relax. It's like an ebook almost. And the, the evocations of the lyrics are so cool. And they're really, I was actually talking to Paul Tomlin, who's a 50-some-year-old man who works at the home hardware where I work. And he's he likes Lana Del Rey, too. And he's like, he told me, and I agree, her her lyrics and the images within them are really from a different time. And they are really kind of a little Lynchian in the in the fact that, you know, it's beautiful white picket fence. It, it feels very 50s or very 60s to me. Like an old-fashioned utopia. Kind of, yeah, but like there's that like blood under its fingernails. Yeah. You know, and... I was, I am just, I love this album. And it's the first time that I've really connected with a female-fronted album like this. Her voice is gorgeous. I love her voice. And I need to uh, listen to it more and render a real verdict on her voice. Because I thought I really liked it, and then I was listening to it yesterday. And I was like, I feel like she gets kind of breathy and kind of like moany sometimes, but I like I need to listen to it more. And she can, but the thing that strikes me about it is that she's got it very much under control. Like mm-hmm. it's very intentional when she does that kind of thing, uh, which is something I look for. Whereas with some vocalists, let me think, like John Mayer, mm-hmm. the whole <sighs> is just like a constant irritating. That sounded like John Mayer was in the room with me. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, and you didn't even have to pay for the tickets. But, yeah, uh, Lana Del Rey's Norman Effing. It's not actually Effing. It's the... It, well, yeah. It's the, yeah, it's the Oedipal. Expo- I like how expletive. on the front she put uh, NFR LDR. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. that was neat. Yeah, the, and the cover's cool, too. Yeah. Uh, but this this album's really, really cool. And even if you just... If you can sit with it at some point and pull up lyrics or something, I think you'll really be surprised. I think you'll really, really enjoy it because... It is I I really don't want to blaspheme and say that it's Leonard Cohen, but like it's Leonard Cohen esque mm-hmm. in in the quality of the writing, and yeah. I am dismayed that I've never listened to her before, huh. and I need to fix that. And yeah, I I enjoyed what I listened to so far, and yeah, I need to listen to more of her stuff before I can render a verdict. The opening track is incredibly strong. The opening track is incredible. It's, what turned me off a bit, and I don't get me wrong, I've listened further than the second track. But mm-hmm. the second track's like nine and a half minutes long, and it's good, but it's nine and a half minutes. Yeah, but I mean, and you, you just, you gotta throw it on when you're driving somewhere and you're not looking at your phone. I guess so, yeah. Oh, that one's Mariner's Apartment Complex. That's the title of that song. I yeah. love that song. But like it's, you, more, it's more than you think, because the first three minutes, I think it was Mariner's Apartment Complex, but then it's also like the song after that is technically the same song. Yep, yeah. But it's, yeah, I, I think it's a really phenomenal song. I'm a little irritated that there's a song called Cinnamon Girl, and it's not a cover of the Neil Young song, but, you know, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I I mean, I respect that more than anything you've said for the last half hour, so. 
Well, we've been doing this for an hour and a half, so I guess I'm doing all right then. Yeah. Okay, let's. Uh, we gotta play the music. Okay, yes, because we're now at our number one album of the year. Each. Ladies and gentlemen, you have entered the arena. The Brothership 2019 Top Album of the Year. Which album will battle for supremacy and which will emerge dominant? There's only one way to... (coughs) Turn it off. (coughs) I don't smoke enough to talk like that. Oh, it gave me a headache. So, uh, what we're going to do now, I'm going to do my number one album. Grant's going to do his number one album. And then we need to tally up the points to figure out the Good Ship Brothership album of the year. Which will follow in the shoes of, I think, Leonard Cohen in tw- with uh, You Want Darker in 2016. Ugh, Leonard. Where then have you gone? Sleep Well Beast by The National in 2017. And then Earth Tones by Bahamas in 2018. We will soon have oh, a fourth good victor. Albums, uh, this one's going to be by far the most divisive. It's going to be one that we were both like, eh. I know I know it. what it's going to be. It's probably going to be Alex Cameron. No. Nope. Like, no, our, our number one? Nope. You don't think so? Nope. Oh, uh, <laughs> Bonnie Vare? Uh, son, you need to settle down and do some podcasting. Okay. Well, okay. My number one album of the year, you know it, I know it, everyone knows it. It's and it shows it. A Blemish in the Great Light by Half Moon Run. Very good. Okay. Uh, th- this album is a force to be reckoned with. It's folk, it's rock, sometimes it's almost metal or like shoegaze. Um, not like for, it, it ha- it, for a couple bars. It borrows. I would say it has a yeah. It borrows influences from so many different things, and despite this massive variance in sound, it always sounds really cohesive. And I just don't know how it they does. did That's that. True. That's and true, it's yeah. it's magical. It entrances me that an album can have this much range and still have coherency. I can't think. I'm going to exclude concept albums because that's a little bit different. Excluding concept albums, I don't think I know of a really good album that has this much range sonically. Um, I was playing this. Obviously, I've been playing all these albums a lot recently. And I mentioned it that this was going to be my album of the year to Dad. And he he likes it. He really likes the album. Hmm. Um, And then a few songs later, he asked me who it was. I was like, no, same guys. And he was like, really? Because we went from... Uh, favorite boy to natural disaster or black diamonds or something like yeah. that and and the real triumph of this album is everything so let's put aside the last two tracks that you don't like for now um because I'll, I'll get to those <laughs> I think the writing is it's not a 10 out of 10 it's probably an 8 out of 10 it's really good writing it's, it's very good, yeah. it's very evocative if we, he has if we his own put, style if we put 10 at literally connor oberst yeah and leonard cohen leonard cohen nick cave at his best at and his best almost alex cameron at his best <clears throat> yeah 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 it's fair um, actually there's just no aspect of this album that is the real weak link the drums are phenomenal the guitar is phenomenal listen to the bass in like favorite boy it that might is be, unbelievable it might be in my opinion the second best produced album Behind the National? No. The National has, like, the best production. I I like this more. I mean, you're you're looking at 
Half Moon Run, and they've got pretty much a traditional setup. Yeah. Of bass, drums, guitar, mm-hmm. vocals, and then like keyboards, piano, or whatever. And there, there is some spanking piano on that record, yeah. son. Yeah. I forgot about that actually. But I can't believe we have Favorite Boy is this lively, I don't even know what genre that would be. This fantastic song. I it's love that indie. song. It's, it's so good. It's just an And then you have Black Diamond is like this slow folk ballad. It's fantastic. Um, it's true. Yeah. And look at the, the track list. It's a great here. album. Bear with me for one second. Then again, great Then song. again is incredible. When I started you hearing these, when I started hearing the singles was the moment I knew or I hoped that this album would really be something special. And from that moment on, I was just never disappointed. It was just uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. Uh, you know, I can probably... No, I got it. Okay. And ever since that first single dropped, it's just been win after win. Then you go to Razorblade. is like the seven-minute epic. Starts out soft. It has this hard breakdown. That is one of my top couple songs of the year, which I it's a good didn't song. think about. Oh, it's so good. Um, and then follow that by <laughs> Undercurrents, the instrumental. It's Yeah, it's exceptional. Now, Jello on my mind. <laughs> I... I agree with you that it's the weak link of the album, song-wise... And I'm not sure that it fits with the rest of the album. I think it does stand out a little bit. But I still enjoy it. I like the style. I, I, uh... That's fine if you like it. You're just... Yeah. I don't think it's literally about Jello. You are I still, so... I, I think it's... A, I think it's about... I think it's about a, uh... Jello. A, a it's rela- about a Jello. I think it's about a, re- a relationship or a hobby or... You could call it a totem. A thing in your life that that sucks you in and has no value and has no additive okay from property from, to your from life from that point of view you're right if if you know it's about a totem and that totem is jello like exclusively <laughs> no, to- no. and irrevocably and you can't debate this jello it's, it's not jello. a song about the song jello it's literally about jello jason <laughs> it's in the title <laughs> oh my goodness it's but I'm sorry. I, I still. I know you want to think there's something more in that song, but it's literally about a snack food. So I agree that it is the weak link, but I still think it's good. And and to be you're fair, wrong, I, and you're stupid. To be fair, <laughs> I also think the last song you're not is stupid. Quite I'm sorry too. New Truth bums me out a little bit because it's it bogs the album down. But I think that song has it has a, a prolonged stretch of chanting that bothers me, and then it gets better again. And I do agree. It's a real shame that they ended the album on the lowest note. And I think if you cut the last two tracks out of this album, you have something that would rival Earth Tones. It would have been in my top three. If you cut the last two tracks out. (laughs) Um, But overall, I think that I want to listen to this album like every day, and I pretty much do. The musicality is top tier the writing is top tier. The performances, the production, it's all there. There's really nothing I can point to that is bad. And it's, yeah, that's it's my album of the year. Fair enough, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it, is, it is a fantastic album. And, uh, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from on it, honestly. And as you as you go through the track listing, I'm like, oh, that is a good song. That it's, is a good song. There's... And Black I don't even think I don't song. even I think I went through all. I love Natural Disaster. I think that's I a great song. song. I don't remember um, that song very much. 
Yanny song I like. You keep burning me like you burn like you do your bridges like classic. And then it slows down, kind of like lemon twigsy, and mm-hmm. has some real like pick. Yeah, it's just the album is sublime, and I would say like Bahamas, I couldn't really picture many people disliking the album as a whole. Yeah, yeah, no, I I can see what you mean there. It's it definitely has mass appeal through sheer talent. Just and qu- just quality. It's like the it's like you know everybody talked the Beatles or whatever, but. Beatles are incredibly uh, overrated. Incredible, well, they are, but they were <laughs> definitely incredibly gifted. Yes, oh, absolutely, as artists and incredibly popular as pop culture icons too. And uh, the two can be concurrent. Yeah, definitely. we people forget too much that people go, oh, you know, pop stars no talent. Uh, yeah, but that's one kind of pop music. You listen to a different kind of like Michael Jackson, Frank Sinatra. Frank, well, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, he's a great singer, but not not like a vision like Queen. A band like Queen, okay, yeah, yeah, which is like, whoa, like they just broke the mold. Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash, yeah, Bowie, uh, yeah, 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 Bowie, Bowie had his moment yeah. in the sun. Anyway, my number one album, um, is you some, even look like you regret it. Um, I don't regret it. Um, I don't know how long it'll stay in the top spot with how much I like Norman effing Rockwell, but I haven't listened to Norman. Rockwell that that much it's I mean the, the whole point of the list is it's our favorite album so we're really not beholden to I'm just excited standard. about all yeah, these that's, albums that's the, that's the beautiful thing we're not beholden to make anybody else happy no, um, certainly not which is good because you've made Except me very angry my, my wife probably whatever probably make her happy. but um, but this my my number one album this year is one which um, instilled in me probably the most in terms of you know a feeling a sense of wonder and a kind of a grandiose from from a kind of grandiose scale to something much more intimate um it's uh it's more abstract in its in its presentation than a lot of the stuff on my list and honestly i think it's a little more hot and cold than like norman rockwell um but i comma i by bonnie Vere really kind of shocked me when did you start listening to this album more um like when when we were gearing up to do our to do this and uh the the fact that he takes these huge soundscapes which just amaze me you know these and I, i as a musician myself i go how do you start to make one of these his talent is is really inspiring every the, time you listen yeah, to it. Yeah, the textures that are at play in this album, but then coalesce into wonderfully written and really cool and really passionate, more conventional song structures. A song like Hey Ma, which is mm-hmm. a beautiful song, or uh, his song titles are like impossible to remember. I know it seems like I don't care about Oh, they're about all them, like they're, weird. They're all ridiculous. Um, but Man Like You mm-hmm. is also a phenomenal song. Uh, Faith is great. Uh, Naeem, I believe, is one of the... <laughs> so hard to remember. Th- there are moments in this album where he kind of just floats off. Justin Vernon, right? Just yeah. kind of floats off on his little space raft and gets uh-huh. kind of lost in the Milky Way somewhere. But uh, how is it that I put this album at five, you put it at one? 
and 22 a million was like not even on your radar and i was like oh you got listen to us back then that's so wild i don't know i don't know what to wow. tell you that's I mean, crazy like, i think it's a good album for sure i i think the thing that that i like more about about ii is what i'm gonna call it out of rebellion um, the thing that I like more about it is the more conventional song structures. Uh, 22 A Million is just so conceptual and, like, uh, whacked out. I it think is, that album is beautiful. It is super cool, okay? And I think that I think that this album is a better stepping stone to 22 A Million than the other yeah. way around. So I've lis- I listened to this album today. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to 22 A Million for probably two or three months. I need to listen <laughs> to them back to back. Because I feel like twenty two a million is more approachable, but but I, I could I could be totally wrong because it's been a while. If you cut out the, uh, especially if you cut out the parts where like it's just there's a couple, are you recording Trevor? The, <laughs> but there's a couple really floaty, um, ambient kind of bits yeah. in this album. If you cut those out, it's not that weird. Like, huh. and that's the that's the cool thing is that you've got a song like Hey Ma, which is probably my favorite song on the album. That one, and then there's. Man, man like you, I I do really like, and and I find it quite emotional, honestly. Man like you, man improve kind of thing. Like it's it it's a really it's kind of a beautiful song, but it's either Naeem, maybe or maybe Faith. I can't I can't remember which one it is. I don't really want to play it right now. Do you but, find? Me- but he but he is like belting for like the whole song kind of thing. Yeah, he he really um, and his voice is great. He used his voice. <laughs> A lot more than he did in 22 a million. Yeah. More reminiscent to For Emma Forever Ago. Yeah. Which, since we did the the II review, I comma I, yeah. I have listened to a little bit, not yeah. a ton, maybe a couple times, and I really like it. But yeah. But I need to listen to it more. But I, I like a song like Hey Ma. Sorry to continue here. Um, if you could easily do a cover of that song with like a band like Half Moon Run, right? Like, you can mm-hmm. find the melody, you can find the chords and all that sort of stuff, but it would sound nothing like this. And nobody else can make that song sound like what Justin Vernon made mm-hmm. it sound like with this whacked out, beautiful, abstract soundscape. And every every texture, you know, you can almost feel it. And it's, 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 it's incredible that he puts that much in and it doesn't ever, ever feel muddy or yeah. like an overload and it never seems to take the spotlight when he doesn't want it to. No, there is space between every one of those layers, but not none that I can see, you know? And it's just this wonderful, immense, colorful collage, really impassioned vocal performances and just an album I'm really looking forward to getting to know even better. You need to go back and listen to his 22 a million. Yeah, I, I totally do. And it's it, this the album's just kind of inspired me um, just with all its textures, just not even in a musical standpoint because I don't make anything that sounds like this, but uh, just in an artistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful listen. He has been very much uh, always a bridesmaid scenario for me with the, the two years that he's had albums out. I think I've put him in around the bottom of my top five or something and i've always been like this music is dope but but i just don't crave it enough to put it higher and and you said you know you you can't figure out what this album's about or whatever i don't know the problem is just for well not the problem but just forget about that like for me this is like looking at you know maybe not i'm not really a big fan of jackson pollock but like a 
like a big abstract painting you don't i never stand there anyway and go like oh what is this what is this about like i stand there and go oh wow how does this make me feel and so that's how i kind of approach it well i approach this album just kind of unawares with with the national is it like the the structure of the singing that bothers you more because you said you didn't like that the lyrics were like nonsensical (coughs) which i i felt about the national like you feel about this where it made me feel something yeah um the the national's problem for me is that they're very very lyric central centric centric Yeah, yeah that's the word they're very very lyric centric and uh always have been yeah really and i just felt like the stories he was telling there like at the real arms at the real neil armstrong taught me to play cutthroat at my aunt angela's house what the hell does that mean what is that what image is that supposed to give me the real neil armstrong i always assumed was a twitter reference is that his twitter handle i don't think so but but like but uh there were just there were so many moments. It it just felt so close. And then he's singing about his dad driving them home after his skate got caught in the ice, and he gets a spiral fracture and drives them home. Which sounds like a real story, but why is it just like this tiny little snippet after he learns how to play cutthroat at his aunt Angela's house? Kind of you know, it's, yeah. It's just it feels unfocused, and it feels like he wrote down the first thing that kind of came to his mind, and all that's. So I think that's what frustrates me with the national is this kind of uh it just feels ill-disciplined okay matt berninger's writing on that album to me anyway yeah and 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 justin vernon's vocal stylings on bon Iver have always been more removed like he, mm-hmm. he's often singing this kind of cracky high falsetto thing and his voice is often I like that he did that less this album. He did it a lot less, and you know what? The guy's got a real good voice. Yeah, definitely. Like he's got a truly good voice, and uh, yeah, I'm glad for it. Now, and this, (coughs) excuse me, jeez. And the his his number one position is definitely, um, it's a wobbly one that he's got. Yeah, you know. But for this this point in time, I think that there are just so many. There's so many bizarre and beautiful textures on that album and and so many great melodies and it's just it's just different enough from everything else it's so kind of cosmic in its in its scope in terms mm-hmm. of what it's doing so I, I i do feel pretty good about my like they're all great albums they are. and i have grown in fondness for all of them <clears throat> you know much more so my i'll i'll should we just walk back through our or is there something more Let's, you want to I, I was going to do, like, our brothership top five, and we can just walk over those quickly. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Do yeah. we have to cut? Like, it's going to take a couple minutes to math it out. It's not going to take that long, is it? Really? Well, no. so we assigned five points to one, one point to five. To number one. Honorable yeah, mentions so. are tiebreakers, you know? So if we have the same points. So uh, five points to a blemish in the great light. For, just, just do this on yours from mine. Four for I am easy to find. Three for Hold help on. us. Four for I am easy to find. Yeah. <coughs> and then three for help a stranger. So three. Yep. So two for Miami memory. Two plus uh, two, I think. Two, yeah. So one for Bonnie Bear, which also has six. 
Yes. Um, and then, yeah, the ones like uh, Norman, Norman Effing Rockwell and Schlagenheim just don't even get anything. No, Norman, uh, Norman Rockwell gets like a point one, like a tiebreaker because it was in my like good albums that I just haven't listened to. I enough. guess it does get a what did I give it four points then? Yeah. Yeah, so it gets like four point one or something. And what did you have in your honorable mentions? I'm easy to find and help a stranger. Yeah, so both of those get like point ones or whatever. I'm going to give it a point five. That's yeah, a half that's point. Okay. So we got a tie. And I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. I'm fine with it. We we have a tie for best album of the year between A Blemish in the Great Light and I, I, which I knew would happen as soon as you uh, oh. revealed that your, your top album was A Blemish in the Great Light. Right. And you said that you knew it was going to be uh, what was it, Alex Cameron? You thought it was going to be? I thought it would be. But as soon as you as soon as you revealed that I comma I was your number five, I knew because it was my number one, it would be higher than Alex mm, Cameron. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty good. Do we have to settle that somehow? Do we? I don't see. How, I don't see how we can. <laughs> yeah. Like, does one of us just admit that the other album's like slightly better? But the, I mean, they're both great albums. They're great albums. I don't know. It's a tie. Yeah, dude. Okay, it's the enough. fourth time we've done this. And That's it's true. the first time we've tied. It's a, it's a procedure, and it is a. This is a year of upheaval for yeah. our, for our top. Out. So yeah. So my, I, to to go over our top five, shall we? Sure. Our fifth album as a, a team is Miami Memory. I think that's deserving. Absolutely. Um, then tied for fourth and third uh, is I'm Easy to Find and Norman Rockwell. By the National and Lena Del Rey, respectively. Yep. Now, Norman Rockwell, I've I need to listen to more, so it's very possible it would wa- rise up in the rankings. I think pro- I think it probably would. Like, I really think that you like yeah. that album a lot. Yeah, it's I'm I'm completely open to it. And then tied for first, so the Good Ship Brothership co albums of the year are A Blemish in the Great Light by Half Moon Run and an I comma I by Bonnie Bear. I'm I'm satisfied with that. Those are two <clears throat> now. I want to highlight. Can I do, highlight a few things I'm very thankful for in in th- this thing? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. So first of all, I don't. I'm positive we've never had a year that had this much phenomenal production value in the albums. So a blemish in the great light is excellent production. I'm easy to find is excellent production. Um, I comma I is excellent production. It's, I think normal. I think uh, Norman Rockwell is really well produced too. It's good, but it's not nearly as flashy. Yeah, but uh, but so much top tier production. And we look at other stuff. Uh, Ghostine is produced well. Ghostine is nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just super impressed by that. The next thing that I talked about with you when we were uh, kind of assembling a list for us to research is how good album art has gotten in the last few yeah. years i am should we do a should we should we uh count down from three and then say which the best album cover on this list is out of like this out of our top our brothership top five is that because sure i guess are, so those are the ones that were <clears throat> all educated but we both agree okay yeah three two one i'm, I'm easy, easy to, to find, find. yeah yeah <laughs> that album cover is freaking awesome and dude. grant has the cd version of i'm easy to find and there's texture to the paint on it 
Yeah, and the front, cover. her eyes are closed. The back, her eyes are open. Yeah. Yeah, and the National always has this world-class album art. Yeah, they really do. But 10, 20, whatever distance ago, I just don't think album art was this universally beautiful. No, I don't think Most so. Most of the albums that we talked about today, whether top five or not, I'd hang on my wall just a, not even just because I love the album, but as a piece of art. Yeah, I think I there's agree. a lot of beautiful yeah. stuff. I would say a blemish in the great light is Phenomenal. beautiful. Yep. I'm easy to find. It's beautiful. Yep. Help a stranger is fine. Yeah, 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 Miami memory is very Alex Cameron. Yeah, if you're I mean, into it's, that, it's yeah. Uh, it's a I call my eye is a beautiful painting. It is. It is and uh, Norman Rockwell is unique. It's cool. I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I like it too. So I think that's fantastic. And then um, Schlagenheim is actually cool too. Yeah, although I just <laughs> saw it, I just saw it the one time. Yeah. Um. And the last thing I want to, I think the last thing I really want to highlight is the joy of listening to a new, excellent piece of music for the first time. Um, oh, it's the feeling I had when I listened to the opening song on Norman Rockwell. Yeah, yeah. And just doing like, the, like, whoa. Louis, this is the beginning of a beautiful yeah. friendship. <laughs> um, I think, I think once a year, at least, I have that happen where it's like, that but more so i think maybe the most acute time that's happened to me in in the last few years was listening to the opening of gang of youths go farther in lightness with that piano intro um or listening to the beginning of earth tones oh yeah um, yeah, yeah. or yeah norman rockwell's a great idea or a great point as soon as i heard those chords um the half moon run singles as you're waiting for that album to come out and same with alex cameron i think was divorce a single yeah, it yeah, was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Listening to Divorce and just being like, I can tell Whoa, this is going to be great. Yeah. Um, I think we do a pretty good job of being positive on our show most of the time, but I think it's important to remember on the show and off the show that music is it's enriching, it's beautiful, and uh, and it's it's just something that we owe it to ourselves to stop and be really thankful for. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it should and music should only be a positive experience. Yeah. And it, it makes me sad when I hear friends say, I see in YouTube comment sections from random people, whatever, that um, good music is dead, that the 60s, the 70s, yeah, the 80s, okay. the 90s were the best by far. <clears throat> but because I think that... The people who say that are just too damn lazy to go find good music themselves. Because I think that a lot of the great music is unfolding before us right now and I think that in 50 years we will look back and this will have been a great time to be a music well, fan well the thing is, you can't say that about the past in retrospect especially a time you weren't alive for were you you know somebody says that garbage and it's like I'm 13 and the 70s was a, I'm like were you alive in the 70s to hear all the crap they probably <laughs> blasted through the radio yeah I don't think so I wasn't the cream rises to the top like literally cream is a really famous band now yeah, they're okay. Yeah, they're okay. a little over it. Yeah, but uh, but you know the cream always rises to the top, and all you got to do it's this is the fun part though is going through what's being made now and going like whoa I'm a part of something cool mm-hmm. when I look at this and I see th- th- these six albums that we have written down here as being the top six are all phenomenal. Plus, I look at the four or five albums I need to listen to. I'm like wow, there's so much yeah. good music i can't keep up with it all even though we do this podcast yep that's cool yeah it's great yeah do you have more closing thoughts i'm a little disappointed that from the garage wasn't in your honorable mentions <laughs> yeah, i wondered it's... if you were gonna do that um i thought it was okay it's a 2019 but... release true it's not an same. album no but it is a release yeah okay <laughs> from the garage can get an honorable mention in Thank retrospect you. as being good 
<laughs> I, th- I think it it's was pretty good. good. Yeah. yeah, it's good. I think it's pretty fun. Anyway, um, I get. I guess that's it. Like, um, what I, I what oh, I think. I have a I have a quick good one. When you're you done, can, you cut me off like that. Or, okay. Um, I think there are uh, two albums that we should should. Well, we could do three in the coming weeks to do a little bit more of an in depth chat on them. Definitely, Lana Del Rey. Yep. And I want to do White Blood Cells by the White Stripes with you. And I want to do that uh, Way is Blood or whatever. Like, yeah. I just listened to that album once, and I was like, dang, this is kind of sweet. It would be kind of fun to do Schlagenheim, but I don't think that you'd like it. Well, I, I'm going to listen to it, so you'll know. If it's like just, it. it's, it's I downloaded pretty it. manic. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, then lastly, I think it would be kind of neat. I want to, I'm doing it right now on my phone. I'm ranking the four years that we've been doing this which were the best years for music and what i have i want to see if you agree with this uh, two years ago was the best year 2018 so, two years ago was 2017 right 2017 but, um it's 2020 yeah okay so i have 2017 as the best year i have this as the second best year because there are so many albums that were in that space of being like eight out of tens true and then last i have last year was a little dry i have 2016 as third because we got the double whammy of Bowie and Cohen. Absolutely. And also Nick Cave. But Bowie Absolutely. and Cohen. And then 2018, Bahamas was incredible, but <laughs> frankly, I don't even remember what was second right I now. I have no idea what I'm was sure, I'm sure I've listened to it since then because I listened to a lot of music. Like I, I listened to Spotify for like four hours a day in 2019, but but I don't even remember what was second or third. So yeah. it was a long no, time. I have no idea. I truly have no yeah, idea. Yeah, this is a really great year. Yeah, great year. Uh, very fun list. Very difficult. Very very difficult list for me. Like you can see, like I starred all these songs here and moved them yeah. over, and then tried to, and I literally just sat and stared at this list of albums that are all good. And I said to Dan, I was like, "How can I do this?" And then I just drew that bracket. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Um, anyway, thank you so much for listening. If you've actually made it this far through, we're almost two hours in. I uh, think probably on always... Facebook and Instagram, I'll be like, <clears throat> "Jump in at." 38 minutes yeah, yeah. going here to the top five um these are always such fun episodes to do mm-hmm. and and it really this really is kind of like the starting point for this podcast was to push ourselves to listen to new not just new music to us but new artists who are creating stuff to just kind of reach out and kind of flow flow along you know flow through history <laughs> or whatever i don't know what i'm trying to say crucially it is not too late. Beautiful thing about music is that when it's created, it lasts forever. So if you have an album that was released in this technically past year, in 2019, yeah. you think we should listen to, let us know. Because we'll probably still, we'll definitely still listen to it. Totally. And we'll probably review it. Yeah. If I got a request to review something, we'll probably review it. I would review Grant's toenails, but it would be like a five minute review. They ain't nice. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for listening. If you. If you have any comments, have you heard any of these albums? Are you in any of these albums? Um, if so, drop us a line. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. You know the drill. You can email us at, at thegoodshipbrothership at gmail.com. I don't know why you'd want to, but you can. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Flip out. Flip out, yeah. Sup. <laughs> This is one, two, three, four, one.
His hand on the stairs, like, what's going on? Is she home? Yeah. She's probably like, is this their album of the year? <laughs>